All right. Hello, everyone. I hope you're doing well. Please let me know if you can hear and see me okay by typing into the chat box. Yes. And we'll be getting started in just a couple of minutes. Also, would love for you to, to share uh, what you do for a living and uh, where you're connecting from. All right, welcome, welcome uh, from Pakistan. So I'd also like for you to indicate in the chat box uh, whether or not you have an interview coming up soon. And when I say soon, just maybe let me know if you have one that's coming up uh, when you're going to be having it. If it's in one week, a month, a couple of months, I just want to get an idea of how much time you have to prepare for the interview. Okay. So let me know if you have one coming up and, and how soon that interview is going to be coming up for you. Since this webinar obviously is specifically, um, designed for those of you that have interviews coming up. Okay, so if you're watching this or if you're here today, uh, that's what we're going to be covering. This can apply to other things, obviously, but specifically interviews. Okay, so... Mr. Abbas, you had an interview a couple of days back and you have another one tomorrow. Okay. So not a lot of time to prepare, but I'm sure that you probably already have been preparing for it anyway. Juan, I remember you. Okay. From Costa Rica, you have an upcoming interview soon, but no date. Very good. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. This is going to be a very simple webinar and, and probably shorter than the other ones. We're going to be focused on uh, a couple of things, actually, that you don't want to do before your interview and, and during your interview, especially at the beginning. I'm going to talk about that first, and then we're going to talk about a few things that you want to do um, so, so that you can crush your next interview. I'm going to give you a few things to do. And one or two of those things are going to be pre-interview. And then the other things are going to be during the interview. For those of you that are in attendance immediately after the webinar, uh, you're going to receive an email with a link to a bonus video where I go into a little more detail about this. Okay. If you didn't attend, then you would not receive that email. All right. Very good. Let's see any other. All right. So if you have questions, uh, put those in the question and answer 
section. There's a tab there for questions and answers. Try not to ask your questions in the chat box because it can get lost. So you want to ask those in the question and answer box. Try to make your questions relevant to interviewing and to speech related to interviewing. Okay, If it's a general question, um, I may not answer it during this webinar. I may answer it privately. So let's also try to do that. So let's jump right in and talk about a couple of things that you absolutely do not want to do uh, leading up to your interview and during your interview if you want to crash and burn. A couple of things that you absolutely do not want to do. Okay, And what I'm sharing with you are things that I've seen previous clients do, specifically things that I've asked them not to just make sure that you don't do this, but do this instead. Okay, And those who have done what I advise them not to do have always crashed and burned. And those who have done what I, what I shared with them to do, uh, generally speaking, uh, and, the, and the percentage is very, very high, have always done well. Have always done well. You can also go out and do your own research and you'll find that these are some of the things that people tell you to do. But the, the tips and the strategies and, and the techniques that I'm sharing with you are specifically designed for people that may struggle with anxiousness or nervousness, fear, and sometimes even also the fear of stuttering. Okay. So these things can help people who don't stutter at all uh, to remain calm and, and focus. Absolutely. But they're specifically designed to make sure that those of you who do tend to struggle with this or have struggled with stuttering uh, in certain high pressure situations, it's designed to help you overcome that, okay, especially in something like an interview or a presentation. So let's talk about a couple of the things that you don't want to do. And these are very, very common things that people tend to do leading up to an interview or a presentation. So we'll just stay focused on interviews. Number one, as you've heard me say before, if you have an interview coming up, you are going to be thinking about that interview, right? You're going to be thinking about it. Uh, so what many people do is instead of just thinking about the interview and planning for it, they worry about the interview. Okay. So you will be thinking about the interview, right? You will be thinking about the interview. And what most people do is they worry about the interview. Another way of looking at this is what we call you will be anticipating anticipating the interview, right? You'll be anticipating it. This is going to happen, right? Uh, if you have an interview coming up, chances are you're not going to not think about that at all. It's not just going to be out of your mind completely. You're going to be anticipating it. You're aware that it's coming up. It's in your awareness. It's in your consciousness. And you're going to be thinking about it. And what many people do is they worry about it. So what do they worry about? Well, they worry about 
whether or not they're going to perform as well as they would like. Am I going to be able to introduce myself? Am I going to be able to answer the questions without stammering or stuttering or getting stuck? Will I have to switch words? Will I not look and sound as intelligent and as prepared as I actually am? So they start to worry about these things, right? So what that does, what that kind of anticipation does, is it actually causes you to become more anxious. And it causes you to think about doing the things that you don't want to do. So the more you think about what you don't want to do, I don't want to have to switch words. I don't want to get stuck. Uh, I, I want to be able to introduce myself. So that's a good one, but, but I don't want to get stuck introducing myself. So that's something that you don't want to do. The more you think about that, you imagine it, right? You emotionalize it. The more anxious one becomes and the more likely it is that those things will happen. So what can you do about it? Well, the one thing that you want to do is you want to anticipate it. Yes. But how? How? So you want to positively anticipate it, right? That's very, very important. Okay. So you will anticipate the interview. The only question is how. And if you positively anticipate the interview, and I'm going to give you a very, very specific strategy for positively anticipating. If you positively anticipate it, what you're going to be doing is setting yourself up for success. Rather than worrying about it and thinking about the things you don't want to happen, you're actually going to be, and here's the key word, preparing for it, preparing for it, stacking the deck in your favor. So here's the key word. And when I say prepare, yes, I'm including traditional preparation techniques, but also some that may be a little more non-traditional or non-standard. So here's what I do when I have something coming up. Like I don't have interviews coming up, but I have sometimes presentations coming up. And rather than worrying about it, so it's coming up, I know it, the date's there, I'm thinking about it. Rather than worrying about it, what do I do? Every time I think about the event, in this case, an interview, every time you think about the interview, you prepare for it. So rather than worry, prepare. Don't worry, just prepare. So here's something, here's a little affirmation that you can say. Don't worry. So remember this, don't worry, just prepare. Don't worry, just prepare. And what does that mean? Just think about this. If you are thinking about worrying, if you're thinking about an upcoming event, let's say you think about it a hundred times over and over and over, which a lot of people do, they think about it constantly and they're worrying about it, right? Well, let's say that you substituted those worrying thoughts, those negative thoughts, those destructive thoughts, with positive, constructive thoughts where you're preparing for it, and we'll talk about how, a hundred times, right? So a hundred times of worrying, you substitute it with a hundred times of preparing, 
how prepared will you be for that interview if you're constantly preparing for it? So, for example, when I have a presentation coming up, every time I think about it, rather than worry, I think about what I want to say. I think about how I want it to impact the audience. I think about Vic and Rick, right? I think about how can I add more value to this presentation? In your case, add more value to this interview. Uh, what questions will I be asked? Okay, I'm going to be asked this question. So how can I answer that? How can I add more value to the interview? How can I let the interviewer know why I'm perfect for this job? How can I explain my experiences? How can I go through and give specific examples of my accomplishments that are relevant to the questions that they ask me, right? How can I share my experience? So you keep thinking about, you keep thinking about how you can add more value, how you can impact, right? And engage the interviewer with your speaking style, making great eye contact, nodding, hand gestures, or how can I engage? How can I make sure that I'm speaking clearly, that I've outlined what I want to say and that I'm speaking clearly, okay? Articulating my thoughts clearly. So imagine that every time you think about the interview, you are preparing in this manner. Does that make sense? So now, instead of a hundred times of negatively anticipating and therefore negatively preparing, setting yourself up to crash and burn by worrying, you're now, you have a hundred times, a hundred times that you've been able to prepare for that interview. Well, in which case do you think you're going to do better? The time where you thought about and worried about that interview 100 times negatively, or were you prepared 100 times positively? The answer is obvious. You're going to do far better if you've prepared 100 times than if you worried 100 times. This just makes sense, right? It just makes sense. There's nothing tricky about this. It just makes sense that if, if you're constantly preparing, you're going to feel more confident. You're going to have a much more uh, positive outlook, positive view, attitude about that interview than if you worried about it. Okay, so this is a it's a secret in a sense, right? It's a little secret in a sense that every time I think about the interview and I feel like I want to worry about it, I push that out and substitute that thought with a thought of preparation. Well, how can I say this? Okay, you're going to ask me this. So now you're using your time, you're using your energy, right? You're using your mental focus to prepare for that interview. Remember that because. This will happen, right? Uh, one of you has an interview tomorrow. You are thinking about that interview. The only question is, how are you thinking about it? Are you constantly preparing for it or are you worrying about it? So this is one thing. So one thing that you do not want to do, remember in the description of this webinar, we said it will tell you something that you absolutely don't want to do. So I'm going to give you a couple of things, right? This is one you don't want to worry, so you say, okay, well, it's easy to say, don't worry, but don't worry, be happy, right? Now, I'm not just saying don't worry. I'm saying don't worry, instead prepare. Don't worry, instead prepare, okay? How do you prepare? Well, this is how you prepare. This is one way that you prepare. Obviously, 
There are many other things that you need to do. You need to anticipate the questions that you will be asked in that interview. Any information or knowledge gaps that you have, well, they're going to ask me this. Do I know this? Do I know how to answer this question? If I don't, then I need to prepare for that. I need to get that knowledge, get that information. And then I need to rehearse and practice actually answering those questions. You can practice by yourself. You can practice on video. You can practice with other people. Some people actually practice by going to other interviews. That's one of the best ways, okay? So those are some ways that you can prepare for your interview. Now, let's talk about something that you absolutely do not want to do in the interview, but specifically in the beginning of the interview, okay? Specifically in the beginning. And that is rush or speak fast. Rush or speak fast. So this is probably one of the big ones. In fact, it's not probably, it is one of the big ones. These two things are the big two that you don't want to do. You do not want to rush or speak fast. I had um, one of my first clients many years ago, uh, she had an interview and I told her, I said, one of the things you don't want to do, and she was a severe stutterer. One of the things you don't want to do, you don't want to go in and speak at normal speed or speak fast. Often when people are anxious or nervous, the first thing that they want to do is they want to get through it. They want to hurry up and say it and get it out. They feel like if I say it fast, maybe I won't get stuck. So then they try to speak fast and everything just crashes and burns. Everything tenses up, people block, start stammering, stuttering, it just doesn't go well. And she went in and she just started speaking fast and she crashed and burned, right? And so then she said, well, yeah, I did exactly what you told me not to do. So then she went in to another interview and she got past the first several minutes, she talked to the receptionist. Um, she was able to introduce herself to the interviewer. And then she didn't do too well for the rest of that interview. Then she went in for another one. And I believe that job she got, right, the third time. So, and this was way back several, several years ago. Uh, many of my, the people, the clients that I work with now do extremely well because I'm working with them uh, long before they have interviews. So there's some things that you need to be doing to prepare yourself, especially if you struggle with your speech or stutter. Uh, these tips are going to be extremely helpful, but there are other things that you must be doing to transform your speech before that interview. These are just some of the things that you can do immediately, that you can do now or that you can not to do to help you. Okay, so I just want you to know that. And we'll, we'll touch on that in just a little bit, but let's dig into rushing and speaking too fast and why that's so important that you not do that. And what do you do instead? So it's very important that you don't rush. You don't speak too fast. Remember speed kills, speed kills when you're driving, speed kills when you're speaking, right? So you're going to feel uh, excited. You're going to have a certain amount of energy that some people call anxiousness or nervousness. And it's very, very natural. There's nothing wrong with being a little anxious or a little nervous. One, 
you want to do is to actually reframe that and say you're excited because they feel about the same. So whenever you think about the interview, or even in the beginning of the interview, and you feel anxious or nervous, you tell yourself, wow, I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited. And what you do with that is rather than allowing yourself just to go fast and speak fast, you want to speak, now watch this, super slow, right? Because super slow for you will probably be either normal speed or slow. So you want to speak super slow, especially in the beginning, super slow. So as you go into that interview, whomever you speak with, the receptionist, whoever you meet, the interviewer or panel, or even if it's um, on the phone or video, you want to start and you want to speak super slow. What this will do is give you time to relax down into your speech flow, right? And it will give you time to kind of get into a rhythm and a flow. Here's something else that you want to do that's going to help you speak slow. Is make sure that you breathe deeply and regularly. Remember to breathe deeply and regularly when you're in this interview and before the interview, because a lot of times people just forget to breathe, run out of air, no air, right? Without air, you don't have the power that you need to speak. Something else that happens is people speak real fast. So you want to remind yourself to go super slow and breathe and breathe. So if you go super slow and you breathe, you're going to start to feel a lot more relaxed, and a lot more in control of your speech. Even if it's choppier than what you would like, it's not going to be anywhere near as bad as if you were going fast. Okay. So you want to go super slow. You want to remember to breathe. How do you go super slow? I'm just going to give you one or two techniques to help you slow your speech down. One of them was we call extending your words. Some people may call it prolonging, elongating. I don't really like those words but it's essentially the same. Extending your words. You're going to extend your words. Extend your words, right? So when you extend your words, you're actually giving yourself time to think. You're taking more control over that word, right? And over your speech by extending your words. You're able to breathe more when you're extending your words. So you want to extend most of your words. Now, you don't want it to sound weird. So you want to also make sure that you are inflecting as you extend those words. So you don't want to sound, you don't want to extend in a monotone way. You want to extend your words like that. And you're not extending every single word, but you are extending most of your words and inflecting. Okay, extending and inflecting many of your words. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I shared with you that one of my clients was at a, a funeral and uh, someone was there and he was speaking. And when he stood up, he just stopped and he paused and he waited and he extended almost every word for a while. And people were, were captured, right, captivated by his speech. And he just took his time in front of a thousand people, right? 
It's okay to do that, especially in the beginning. Okay, so instead of rushing or speaking too fast, you want to, in the beginning, so I'm just going to say start super slow because what you think, what you think is super slow will probably end up just being slow. Now, this is one tip that many people just ignore. They blow right through it. They don't remember it. So remember, if you go back and you watch some of my videos, we talk about self-talk, your ability to talk to yourself in the moment. That's a keystone habit. That's something that you have to develop is your ability to speak to yourself in the moment while you so so right now I'm speaking to you and in the back of my mind if I needed to I could remind myself now I'm not nervous or anxious now but if I were I could remind myself to relax and slow down just while I'm talking to you right now saying exactly what I want to say I could just intermittently say just slow down just relax right so that I can be speaking with you and right now it's just one way, right? But if we were conversing, I would have time while you're speaking just to intermittently say, just relax and slow down. Right? So you have to have the ability to speak to yourself in the moment. Otherwise, you will act in your default manner of behaving, right? You will behave or you will go to your default. Your default is however you usually speak, however you usually feel, however you usually think. This makes sense. So in order to change your behavior so that you're, you change your default, you have to be able to speak to yourself, tell yourself what you want to do in the moment. And here's the key. You can't just do it. You can't just say it to yourself once or twice or thrice or four. Or five. You might have to say it 50 or 100 times during that. And you won't have to do that every single time. You'll just need to do it long enough Right. That is every conversation, every interview, every piece until that new way of thinking and feeling and behaving becomes what becomes a habit. Right. So now I don't have to talk to myself so much uh, in a presentation because I have a habit of thinking and acting in a certain way. And if I did feel a little anxious, then I would just tell myself, just slow down or relax, or I would just relax and slow down by doing certain things, by making sure that I start slow, by moving my body slowly. Okay, these are some things that you can do. So let's talk about now, let's talk about now a few things, one of them of which we just covered, and we'll expand on that a little bit, a few things that you absolutely want to do to make sure that you crush your next interview. All right, a few things that you want to do. So one thing is pre-interview, right? Pre-interview. And we've already touched on these things, if you think about it, pre-interview. So if you remember, now, uh, if you have an interview coming up tomorrow, then this will be a little more difficult for you to do. But if you have something coming up in the future, if you tend to struggle with your speech, that is stammer, stutter, block, whatever, especially in higher pressure situations, then you 
have to change your speaking pattern, right? You have to change your speaking pattern, especially in high pressure speaking situations. If you're okay in low pressure speaking situations, then changing it there is very important and you absolutely must do it, but you must test that in higher pressure speaking situations. And techniques, while they're gonna be helpful, like slowing down and breathing or extending and flecting, articulating, are all important skills for you to develop so that your speech is clear, so that it's smooth, so that when you speak, people like to listen to you. But the truth is, the real key to transforming your speech, your mindset, and your speaking identity comes with modeling. And here is why. When you model, you forget about yourself. Why is it important to forget about at least this aspect of yourself when you're speaking for now? And when you're modeling, you don't have to model forever, right? So why is it important to forget about yourself? Because yourself, your current self, is one that believes that you speak a certain way, right? That you get anxious, that you stutter, that you stammer, that when you have an interview, that you have a hard time introducing yourself, this and that, right? That's your current self, your current belief, your current self-concept, right? This is the way your, your memories. When you model, you positively distract yourself. You've probably heard me say this before. You're positively distracting yourself Instead of allowing your, your brain to think about how you usually speak, right, to bring up those words, bring up those memories, you're consciously focusing now on speaking like you do when you model or speaking like your model. That's what we call a positive distractor, right? So you're not letting yourself think about this over here, which is going to pull your speech down. You're pushing yourself to think about this over here, which is your model and how your model speaks. Now, in order to do this, you actually have to have a model, one, maybe two at the most, and you actually have to practice speaking like your model so that your brain knows, how does my model speak? How does my model look? How does my model move? How does my model sound when you speak? How does my model feels model look like he feels confident looks like he's calm looks like she's confident looks like she's speaking smoothly with a rhythm right so you observe your model you watch you listen and you practice speaking like your model in all different kinds of speaking situations conversations with family with friends in interviews right so if you have the time try to go out and schedule other interviews and Make sure that you've been practicing speaking like your model in your conversations by yourself and with other people. And then go out and in that interview, when you're speaking to them, tell yourself, okay, speak like you do when you model or speak like your model. You have to be able to do that. Why? Because in a high pressure speaking situation, what the average person will do is default, right? They're going to be thinking about the questions that's being asked, the answers, they're going to be thinking about the fact that they want to perform well. And here's what happens. They forget about all the techniques and all the strategies. They just, just goes out the window. So what must you be able to do? You need to be able to focus on just one or two simple things when you're interviewing. And that is, how would my model answer this question? 
how would my model speak in answering this question? You don't want to have to think about a bunch of techniques when you're speaking. So you just think about how would my model speak? In fact, let me pre pretend that I'm my model doing this interview right now. That's what we call a positive distractor, a positive distractor. So what that prevents from happening is your brain defaulting back to the way you would usually perform in an interview. And it absolutely will do that unless you've done something to prepare it to do something else, right? It'll default because that's what it does. It makes things easy. It doesn't have to think about how do we act? How do we perform? How do we speak? Just know this is how we're going to act. Okay. So pre-interview, if you have time, you need to have a model, right? Have a model, right? And then you need to practice speaking like your model. Now, here's the key here. You need to do this in every speaking situation. In every speaking situation. So the mistake that many people make is they only practice modeling or they only model in high pressure speaking situations or when they feel they need it. When they don't feel like they need it, when they're talking to family and friends, they don't do it. Why do I need to do it if I don't if I don't need to do it now? If I don't have any problems with my speech with my family and friends, then why do I need to do it? Because if you don't do it, it won't become a habit. And when you're under pressure, you won't be able to do it. Your brain will default back to the way you usually speak because of this fight or flight reaction, because of anxiousness. Your brain becomes cloudy. Your prefrontal cortex, your thinking brain, your command center starts to shut down and you just begin to respond and react automatically. So you need to be able to have a different way of speaking that you've been practicing all along. So you have to, you have to practice modeling in every speaking situation. For those of you who are challenged and struggle with this, this is, this is where the hard work comes in. That's why Pro90D works. For those that work it, if you just try to use all the techniques, it can help your speech incrementally. It can help it over a longer period of time. Sometimes it can help a lot. But when you model, you make a complete identity transformation, right? You no longer think of yourself as a person who stutters. And even though you're going to have this fluency, as everyone does, it doesn't bother you. I still have this fluency. It doesn't bother me, right? because I no longer think of myself as a person who stutters. That came from modeling. All of my clients who model make a, an identity transformation. As long as they model and they immerse themselves in it, right, and they do it for at least a period of a couple of months, two to three months. In fact, I have a client that I've been working with for a while. and She says, I no longer have to really think about Pro90D. I no longer have to think about Michael Williams now. I just go out and I speak. And I speak well. That's what we want. That's exactly what we want. So got a model pre-interview. What else do you need to do pre-interview? Well, we talked about it. You have to prepare, right? So you know how you need to prepare for your interview. Obviously, you anticipate the questions, you prepare, you fill your knowledge gaps, you rehearse it. When you're rehearsing for your interview, when you're physically practicing, you stand up, you practice, or you sit down, you practice, 
You want to practice as if you're your model. Practice it as if you're your model. Try to put yourself in that situation, right? And practice as if you're your model. That's important. Record yourself. Go out and schedule other interviews so that you can put yourself in a high pressure speaking situation. The only way you're going to learn to interview well is to actually put yourself in situations where you have to interview and you figure out how to talk yourself down, how to relax yourself down and how to execute the things you want to execute. But you have to do it in that speaking situation. Okay. All right. So one thing pre-interview is you practice modeling, right? You practice modeling. Two, you prepare for the interview, right? And you rehearse for that interview, right? So let's talk about what to do in the interview. Let's say during the interview. During the, during the interview. So one thing we said was, number one, you start how? Who can tell me how you should start the interview? You start super slow. Start super slow. Remember to breathe and start super slow. And this can apply for people, again, who don't stutter, don't stammer, but just the anxiousness. People are anxious. They tend to go fast. So you breathe and you start super slow. It's okay. Right? You tell yourself, I don't have to rush. I can take my time and say what I want to say. Right? You tell yourself that. So you start super slow. The next thing that you must be able to do in that interview, we talked about this, is self-talk. You need to be able to talk to yourself during the interview. If your brain, if your mind goes cloudy, there's a good chance you're not going to perform as well because you'll be operating on automatic, right? You'll be operating by default, okay? And so you won't know what you're doing. You'll just know it's not good. So you have to be able to talk to yourself. So you slow everything down. They ask you a question, you pause. And then you, if if you need to, you repeat the question back. Great. So you'd like to know uh, what things I've done that uh, would demonstrate that I can handle this particular position or these duties. Is that about right? Yes. Okay, great. So giving yourself time to think about the question, synthesize it, right? You've kind of repeated it back and you're breathing and you're pausing as opposed to jumping right in and giving the answer and getting stuck. Does this make sense? So everything that you do is giving you time to slow everything down. You pause right after they ask you the question, you take a breath, you summarize the question to make sure you're clear, right? Want to make sure that you're clear on what they're asking. Sometimes we're not hearing what they're asking, so we answer a question that they didn't really ask. So you want to make sure that you're clear. So, so you not if they say what's your name, you don't have to say. So you're asking me what my name is, right? Because you know what that is. Uh, or if they say, well, where did you work? Well, you know, so you're so you're asking me where I worked, right? You have to do that. But if it's a more complex question, then you want to say so. 
basically you'd like to know how I do this or what would I do in this particular situation, right? So just by pausing, reframing the question, repeating it back, right? You don't necessarily have to do this with every question, as we said. You're giving yourself time to relax. You're giving yourself, you're giving your brain time to think about the answer as you're doing that. You're extending your words as you are reframing the question. Okay. And now you're ready to get to the meat. Here's one of the things that I want you to realize. Often when it comes to saying the most important thing, that's when your brain tends to get you stuck, right? So you're giving the answer, giving your name, giving this. So when you say something before, it gives you time to get into a flow and a rhythm. So when you're reframing the question, well, that's not really that important. Chances are you'll be able to say that. So when it comes to you actually answering the question, you'll be able to say it because you're already in a flow. You're already in a rhythm. Does that make sense? Go back and watch this again. And I want you to capture what I'm saying here. This is one of the reasons why it's important. You pause, reframe the question, and then go into your answer so that you already have a rhythm and flow going into the important thing that you're about to say. Okay, the important topic. So you start super slow. You remember to talk to yourself, right? Self-talk. Right? You reframe. You reframe. These are all, it's all strategic, right? It's all strategic things. It's going to help you successfully navigate this interview. You reframe. You give the answer. You also want to make sure that throughout the interview, and this is something that you want to do in the beginning. I'm just going to put this right up here. So you start, say, super slow. And let's just add this. Smile. These same things you do, you can do during a presentation as well. But you smile. Why would you want to smile? When you smile, you relax yourself and you relax the interviewer. The interview, even if the interviewer doesn't smile, that's okay. You don't have to have, you know, kind of a fake smile the whole time, right? But just a little smile, a little smile, just a little smile, a pleasant look on your face. It's not a nervous smile, it's a little smile. Whenever you can say, wow, that's a great question. And there's some questions that you're going to be asked, you're going to really like, you're going to really want to answer. It's very nice to meet you. Yeah, you smile and say, it's nice to meet you. Thank you for this opportunity. You have a smile on your face. Um, man, that's a great question. I really love this question. You have a smile on you. So when you're smiling, you relax yourself, you relax the person, and you uh, project that you are more confident when you're smiling, and you actually feel more confident when you are smiling, as long as it's not a nervous smile. Okay. So smile, uh, self-talk reframe. Now, here's something else. I'm giving you a few things. Uh, after you've given your, your response, you come back and you say, Hey, so did I, did I answer your question? Was, was that what was that? Is this what you were asking? Is this what you were looking for? So you check in again, you don't have to do this with every single question, but it's often a good thing to check in and say, so was, was that, um, is that the, the answer to the question that, that you were asking? I just wanted to make sure that, that I got that right. And you'll find that what, what will happen sometimes is 
you didn't completely answer the question, or maybe you didn't answer the question that they were asking that you thought they asked, and they'll say, well, I was actually looking for a little more about this. Right? So they'll tell you. Um, and that gives you an opportunity to actually answer their question as opposed to them going, hmm, okay, didn't answer the question, <laughs> right? So you check in with them. So, so did that did that answer the question? Is that what you're looking for? And they'll 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 give you feedback. Okay, well, kind of, but I, I really would like to hear more about this. Gives you an opportunity. So you want to check in with the interviewer to make sure that you've answered their question. So let's just put that down because that's pretty important, right? To check in. Check in to make sure that you've actually answered their question. So these are a few things that you want to do when you have an interview. So, so remember, there's pre-interview stuff, pre-interview stuff. That means if an interview, if you have an interview coming up, whatever, weeks or months, you can't expect to go into that interview not having worked on your speech. Now, someone who doesn't stutter, they don't stammer, they don't have to do that same work, right? They can just prepare for the interview, go in and follow these things. If you if you struggle with your speech, stammering, stuttering, especially in high pressure, you've got to do this extra work. Don't think just because you know the answers, right? Because you've prepared mentally, that you don't have to do the physical work. That's the difference with people who have struggled with their speech. They've got to do some physical work before, right? So I want you to get that. You've got to do this other work, this modeling practice, so that you transform, you're literally replacing your current or old speaking style with a new one, right? How else, okay, so, so if you speak in a certain way right now in certain speaking situations, you speak a certain way, block, you get stuck, whatever, how are you gonna speak in a new way? How does that happen? Do you, do you just tell yourself to do it? Do you just use a technique, uh, prolonging, extending, breathing? Will that do it, right? Sometimes when people get very, very anxious, they don't remember techniques, it just goes out the window. Or if you're doing something, that, some kind of breathing technique and it sounds very, very strange and people are like, what is that, right? Um, especially if you have to speak in public or you're in a position where you're required to speak, they may not want you to speak like that. So how do you actually go from stammering, stuttering, or blocking, right? All those kinds of things to speaking smoothly and clearly and confidently to when you speak, people listen. How do you do that? You have to change the way you speak, right? And I like to use not the word change, but you, you're replacing, you're, you're literally transforming, you're replacing the way you currently speak and think and believe with a new way. And that can't happen overnight. It just can't happen overnight. Now, you can have an experience where you go from stammering or stuttering, blocking, or whatever it may be, and instantly go to smooth speech. That can happen, and that can last. We call that the placebo effect, right? Which is very real, and it's actually a very positive effect. That can happen, um, and that can last anywhere from hours to days to weeks, right? But eventually what happens is that hard wiring that's in your brain, that wiring that represents the way you 
believe, the way you think, the way, comes back. It, it never leaves. It's there, but the experience of stuttering or stammering comes back. And once it does, it has kind of a cascading effect, right? A, a downward spiraling effect, and it undoes everything that you did before. So what you want to do is you want to consistently, repetitively, right, work on changing or replacing the way that you think and speak with a new way. And one of the best ways to do it, it's probably not the only way, but it's one of the best ways to do it, is you model. You model. There are so many benefits. We call this observational learning. It's the way you learn how to speak your first language and often other languages. You observe someone else. It's the way most high performers today learn many of their new skills is they observe, they study how other people do it, and they model them. Okay, so modeling is nothing new. It's a very intelligent way to learn new things, and it's a very, very powerful way to learn to speak well. You don't have to think about techniques. You just focus on the global application of it. That is, how does my model speak? My model's rhythm, the way my model moves his or her hands, facial expressions, rhythm, articulation, right? all those things, you practice it, and then all you have to do is to trigger it by just speaking like your model, maybe moving your hands. For me, it was changing the pitch or tone of my voice, having a slightly higher pitch, the rhythm, the way that I spoke, and hand gestures. Like Those two things mostly triggered my modeling style, helped me to feel and speak like my model. And then the more I did that, and the more situations I did that in, the more I felt like my model, the more successful speaking experiences I had. So that applies to you here, because if you have interviews coming up, you've got to get working on your speaking style now. Okay, You can't wait for a week or a few days before the interview to do that. It doesn't mean you can't have a good interview, but it means you've got to do the work leading up to that interview. And this is one of the best ways to do it. So for those of you that have tried this on your own and you can't quite get it, and you do want to make that complete transformation, you don't want to live the rest of your life using techniques and having to practice, then you're going to want to probably uh, work with me one-on-one. -on -one. Try it on your own. And if you're getting inconsistent results, then you're going to want to work with someone, right? Invest the time, invest the money, and let's accelerate that process, especially if you have some important things coming up. Don't miss or waste those opportunities trying to do this on your own if you've already tried, right? I'm not saying don't try to do it on your own. I'm a do-it-yourself guy. Try it. But if it's inconsistent or stuff that you don't understand, then invest, right? Intelligent people, people who are very successful, most of them have had coaches. Most of them have had coaches. It's just a fact, right? So this part is, is something this part is something that you can learn. Right? You can learn this on your own. You can implement this on your own. But it's this part where people need the accountability, right? They need the feedback. I have clients who come to me. And I'm having to consistently remind them, right? It's in the audios. It's in the videos. I told them the week before, but that's why I'm here. I told them the week before, 
and they come back and they go, well, how, why is this not working? And then we talk about, yeah, well, you told me that, right? They'll say, well, you told me that, or I remember listening to that. But just because you've heard it before doesn't mean that you're going to be able to implement it. So then we, we strategically make sure that you focus on this, that you do this, they do it. And then they start to see the improvement because they get the feedback, the accountability, the consistency that they need. So trust me, I say that just to say that it's because I've seen it before that if you're in a position and you have interviews coming up and you've tried to do this on your own, uh, you might want to work with me privately so we can make this happen for you. Work with clients who have doubled, tripled their income. Um, one guy, $35,000, $34,000 more, $10,000 more. Um, people have uh, gotten, you know, sold their businesses, million dollars, all kinds of different things. These are no exaggerations. There are many, 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 many more people out there who I've worked with who I can't even think of right now that we've helped them pass their certification, their board exams, their PhDs, all because they followed this process. So pre-interview, you got to do the work. I spent some time on that because I don't want you to think that you can come to this webinar and just do this. Some of you can, and this will work. But if you struggle, you got to do this too. Now let's talk about what you do during the interview. During the interview, you start super slow. Remember that. Even if you don't do anything else, like if you have an interview coming up tomorrow, there's one person here who I know does. Follow this. Right? You don't have time to do this, but you do have time to do this. And I'm going to give you one more bonus uh, strategy. So start super slow. Smile. Remember to breathe. Didn't put that here, but remember to breathe. Breathing causes you to feel more relaxed. Breathing gives you the air that you need in order to speak. Breathing allows you to think more clearly, right? So breathing gives you energy. Start super slow. Smile. Breathe. Remember to talk to yourself. You have to talk. Someone says, well, I don't have time to talk to myself in a moment because I got to focus on the questions. You do have time to talk to yourself because you do it already. If you're in, a, if you're in the interview, you're going to find yourself thinking, oh, here comes this word. I hope I don't get stuck on this word. Oh, I don't think. Right. So you are talking to yourself. It's just what you're saying. So you have time. You do talk to yourself already. You just have to control the direction of your thought, the content of what you're saying to yourself. So talk to yourself. Mind yourself. Relax. Slow down. You can take your time. Reframe. If you're not feeling very excited, feeling very excited. Right. That's one way to reframe when you're thinking about the interview, but also reframe or rephrase. They ask you a question. You pause. You reframe, you rephrase that question. It's giving you time. So remember that. Then check in after. Okay. Did I did I answer that for you? Did I give you a complete answer? Is that what you were looking for? Right? So you check in. Very, very important stuff. Now, here's the bonus, and then we'll answer a couple of questions for you. All right. So another way to prepare is to visualize, to visualize. So leading up to your interview, you spend just, just a few minutes relaxing yourself down. You can use a 777 breathing exercise or some variation of it. And you get yourself into a relaxed state. 
alpha state, maybe, right? Relaxed state. And you see yourself going into the interview. You see yourself smiling, shaking hands, or if it's via video or whatever, you see yourself nodding, right? Waving, smiling. You see yourself introducing yourself smoothly. You see yourself answering some of the questions you see. You see the interviewer or interviewers nodding in approval, right? You see them nodding. Yes, taking notes, looking up, making eye contact, smiling. You visualize that, right? You feel what that feels like. Wow, that feels great. I'm answering the question. You see yourself, you feel yourself breathing, speaking smoothly. Then all of a sudden you feel a word that's coming up that you feel like you get stuck on. So then you stop, you pause, you take a breath, you, th you look like you're thinking, you go back a word or two, or even if you have to, you, you change the way that you need to say that one thing. And then you say it smoothly and you keep going, right? You keep going, right? That's what we call split visualization. You visualize yourself doing well. And then all of a sudden, here comes a problem. You see yourself handling that problem smoothly and then you keep going, right? Because there's going to be times where you may have some disfluency, so you need to know how to handle it. So you visualize a disfluency and how you might feel, but then you see yourself handling it smoothly and continuing to speak. And then you see the end of the interview where standing up, shaking your hand or nodding, saying, that was an excellent interview, great. And I've had people say on multiple occasions that people have told them, this was a great interview. That was a great interview, right? They did so well that people actually complimented them on the interview. So this can happen. Whether it happens to you or not, doesn't matter. But you see and you hear that. Great interview. Thank you so much. Yeah, look, we look forward to getting back in touch with you here. And you see, and you just keep repeating that. You keep looping that visualization session over and over where you get in, relax yourself down, you experience it, you see it. You can hear it, feel it, you feel it emotionally, right? With the feelings, what that feels like. You keep doing that over and over and over again. If you keep doing that, that will accelerate, right? That will accelerate and kind of compound the power of physical preparation. When you mentally visualize um, your interview, that's going to help you. All right, so let me see if we can answer a few questions. Myra's going to go ahead and post. For those of you who are watching this and you know that you need some extra help, not just getting prepared for interviews, but uh, transforming your speech, you've tried to do this on your own, or you already know that, hey, I'm going to need help with this, then you're going to want to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. It can accelerate the time by 10 times or more. What do I mean by that? People have worked on their own for years. And once they work with me, they get to a place uh, in two or three months that they weren't able to get to working by themselves in two or three years. Just a fact, just a fact. So it's going to accelerate. You're going to get accountability, feedback, and you're going to get encouragement to keep you going. If some of my clients, if they weren't working with me, I'd say, man, if they weren't working with me, I can see how this would be frustrating how they would easily quit, right? And they're not quitters. They're successful already. How you can easily quit if you didn't have someone there to give you that feedback, to give you that encouragement, to hold you accountable, to keep you, to keep you going. So 
you're going to want to just schedule a conversation with me. When you schedule a conversation, you're not making a commitment, but you're scheduling a conversation with me. Uh, you should be in a position where you're ready, but you're not making a commitment and it's not high pressure or anything. Schedule a conversation with me. What we'll do in that conversation is we'll I'll assess your speech. We'll talk about where you want to go, and then I'll show you how I can help you get there. Okay, so let's see if we have some questions. All right. Now, remember, the questions obviously should be relevant to interviewing. Okay. Okay, so let's see. Got a handful of questions here. I'm going to just try to work through these. Um, Michael, what should be the volume? Too slow, loud during speaking an interview, which will work? Great question. Volume. So you're talking about really a couple of things. Volume and speed, right? Volume and speed. So your volume, you don't want to necessarily speak very loud unless it's in an auditorium, right? Then you have to project more. So what I found is that actually lowering my volume just enough where the person can hear, where they don't have to strain, but they can hear. And I used to have to have people tell me, can you speak up? Because I lowered my volume, so it made me feel more relaxed, right? And then I had to work on increasing my volume so people could hear me. But that was a good problem to have, right? I felt relaxed. So now I just had to work on raising my volume. That's easy to do. I found that some people speak too loud. It's too much stress. It's too much pressure. So lower your volume. And if they can't hear you, you'll see them leaning in or frowning. And then you just need to bump your volume up. So don't necessarily go for speaking too loud. Now, for other people, they might need to raise their volume to help them change the way they speak. So find that balance where it's not too loud. It's a little low where you feel relaxed, but where they can hear you. It's value. Slow. Start super slow, then continue to speak slowly throughout the interview because super slow and slow for you might actually be faster than what it needs to be. So you need to compensate. Like you might think you're speaking slow and it's not. It's actually kind of fast. This happens all the time with my clients. They think they're speaking slow. They're, they're still speaking fast. It's slower than what they used to, but it's still too fast. So think super slow. When we say super slow, we don't mean you're dragging your speech where it sounds weird. Like speaking like this. You don't have to speak like that to slow your speech Now, You can speak like this. So you're not extending every single word. You're just extending most of your words. Not every word, just most, right? And you're inflecting, okay? So speak Super slow in the beginning and slow all the way throughout and make sure that you breathe. All right. Hope that that answered your question. All right. So let's see here. Okay. Um, Abdullah. Question is, can you share what you do to help you get into modeling with speaking because it's tough to get myself into it. Please share your experience and experience of your clients. All right. How do you get yourself into modeling? So here's what I do with my coaching clients. Did this yesterday, did it the day before. Uh, when you're modeling, you find something that will trigger the modeling style. Often it's hand gestures, right? When people start, if they're not used to using their hands, we start using their hands like their model 
it triggers the modeling style. They feel like their mouth. They feel like they're speaking like their mouth. Uh, for me, it was pitch or tone of my voice, right? And the rhythm. So when I raise the pitch from speaking like this up to speaking like this, and I started inflecting, so something I could do physically, I raised the pitch in my voice and started inflecting. I felt like and sounded like my mouth. So hand gestures and voice inflection and pitch triggered the modeling. So what you have to do is find one or two things you can physically do that when you do them, you know that you're modeling. You feel like you're modeling. Now, some people, in addition to that, they think of their model. They pull up a picture of their model. Other people, they can't do that. So they pull up an audio. They can hear their model. So they try to match their model's sound and rhythm, right? So people have different ways of getting into the modeling. But uh, the best way I found is to trigger it by doing something, by doing something that will do. Now, you practice this. You can practice this by yourself by practicing a modeling clip, for example. And then you practice what we call free flow speaking, not the free flow speaking exercise per se, but you practice, say that you have a conversation uh, or an interview, right? You have something coming up and you practice saying that as if you were your model, right? So you have a meeting where you have an update or you have an interview and you practice that interview pretending to be your model. That's how you get into it. And you, and you video record yourself and you say, okay, did I act like, did I feel like my model or did I feel like myself? If I felt like myself, then what do I need to do to, to change that? Do I need to use my hands differently? I need to change my voice. So this is where the practice comes in. That's why you have to study your model, practice speaking like your model, and then you have to get out and in real life you practice. So I have my clients actually talk to me and, and tell me something. Whatever they're telling me in our session, I have them tell it to me as if they're modeling. And they do it and they go, oh, okay, that's what it feels like. That's So they're able to do it. So I say, okay, do the modeling clip. Then they do the modeling clip. And I say, okay, now tell me what you just told me about your day or about whatever and do it the same way. So then they do it. So what you have to do is remember, when you're doing this for a period of time, a few months or whatever, you have to shift more of your attention to how you're speaking, that is modeling, then you shift your attention to how you're speaking more than the content of what you're saying. You have to trust that you're going to say what you need to say, but it's the way that you're saying it that you're focusing most of your attention on. This is very important. You can't think that you can just think about modeling and do it and shift your attention back to what you're saying. It's not going to work. You're going to speak in your default manner. You have to, for a period of time, shift more of your attention to modeling to how you're speaking. And what you'll find is that you'll also be able to access what you need to say, the content. So I hope that answered your question. It's kind of an in-depth question, but I hope that I was able to answer it. All right. In modeling, when you get into the rhythm, you hear the words you want to say, but it's speaking so that I'm hearing you. Is that the correct method? It's a sort of subconscious anticipation of words, but you, yeah, that, that can work. So you can kind of hear your model saying it, and then you speak the same way that you're hearing your model say it, right? So you hear your, the way that your model would say something, and you try to copy it. You try to mimic the way your model would say it, all right? 
Okay, Pooja, um, you have helped me a lot and given faith that you have a bright future. Can you suggest approach um, how to approach situations outside your comfort zone? So, yeah, one of the things that one has to do, it we all have to do this, is you can incrementally kind of push yourself into doing things that's a little outside your comfort zone. So let's say it's, for example, speaking up in meetings. Let's say that's kind of outside your comfort zone. So you want to strategically figure out a way where you can start to speak up in meetings. So maybe you're in a smaller meeting where there's a few people and you raise your hand and you ask a question or you make a statement. Okay, boom, you did that. And you keep doing that so you become more and more comfortable in the smaller meeting of two or three people. And then you put yourself in another situation where there's more people and you raise your hand. You say, yes, so I have a question and the questions and you just incrementally push your, you strategically put yourself in higher and higher pressure speaking situations where you push yourself into um, doing things outside of your comfort zone. You don't necessarily have to jump in. Sometimes that's good. But other times you can do it incrementally and you just, you just have to do it. You can visualize yourself doing it, but right? you can affirm that you can do this. You can affirm that, Hey, I don't really care who's there. I'm, I'm still going to, take my time and say what I want to say. Then you strategically put yourself in a place where you do it a little bit at a time, but you ask, but you have to do it, right? You can't just think about it. Okay. So I hope that that's helpful. All right. Uh, we've got one more question then we'll wrap up. You read somewhere a recommendation like this. Let's see. Uh, I don't know why this thing sometimes a little foggy. The rest of the question uh, like this to expose or say up front that you stutter like a way to tell the interviewer that any disfluency is not because you're nervous in that moment. Does it make sense? Uh, yeah, Juan. So I've heard that. And there have been times in the past uh, many, many, many years ago, only when I absolutely had to where I would tell an instructor that, hey, sometimes I get a little stuck. I don't say stutter. So I get a little stuck when I speak. I say I used to stutter because they're talking to me. So they see I'm not stuttering. Say so sometimes I get nervous. I was taking a Greek and a Hebrew class. And we had to actually read in front of the class Greek and the Greek class and Hebrew. Imagine that. So I had to tell the instructors, hey, if I get stuck and I'm not able to read, I'll just raise my hand and you'll know what's going on. I can read for you privately. They agreed. I never had that problem. Um, so I told them that privately. I didn't announce it to the class. For an interviewer, uh, you, if you do the work beforehand, you won't really need to do that. Um, it's up to you. It's up to you. If you want to share with that person, hey, you know, uh, in the past, I've had some struggles with, or there's times where I used to stutter real bad. And now obviously I'm a lot better because I'm speaking with you now. But if I happen to get a little stuck, it's not really because I'm nervous. It's just because sometimes I get stuck, right? You can say that, but I don't recommending coming out and saying that unless you just feel like you have to. Uh, because once they see that, once they see that, they may peg you and say, okay, this person is a stutterer and you don't know how they're going to take that. You don't know how they're going to receive them and say, oh, he has a problem with his speech, so he's not going to be able to really do this job. So automatically, they may mark you down, or they may not. They may appreciate and go, oh, great, no problem. Thanks for letting me know. You got to weigh that. Um, I wouldn't do it 
if I'm prepared, if I'm prepared, if I get stuck, they don't know that I'm stuck, especially if I don't make a face and you're following what I'm sharing with you, you just pause. And if you need to change the way that you say it, then you change the way that you say it. You don't push out the words. You shouldn't be doing that anyway, right? You don't push out the words. You just stop, take your time. So how else can I say this? And you, and you do that. So they never, they never know. They never knew that you stuttered or that you got stuck. If you feel like you're going to be pushing out words and stuff like that, then by all means tell them. But that's a, that's a whole nother issue, right? You need to be working at, you need to be working on not pushing out words and changing your speech. And if you're, if you've been working on this process and you're not there, then we have to, we have to change something, right? Because that's one of the first things that we need to eliminate is any outward signs that you're struggling with your speech. When I say any, I mean pushing, you know, things like that. You can eliminate that. You can pretty much eliminate that for the most part where the average person is not even going to see that, meaning you don't have to tell people that you stutter. So once you say I stutter, that's a part of who you are. It's just, I understand the strategic value, but if you work on not doing that so that a person doesn't know, then you don't have to tell them that you're not defining yourself as, because once you tell them that and you go into that organization as a person who stutters, that's going to define your identity. And sometimes it's hard to get out of that because now you're comfortable. You're like comfortable speaking in that way. So my answer is, I can't tell you yes or no. Um, if you feel like it's something that you need to do that'll make you more comfortable, by all means do it. But if you're at a place where you don't have to physically show that you're stuck, then don't do it because you never know how that's going to affect their perception of you. I hope that answered your questions as honestly as I could. All right, guys, we are over. Uh, Myra has gone ahead and shared with you in the link, um, a link. So if you feel like you want to accelerate your progress and you want to take your speech to the next level for interviews, for presentations, as well as for just general social, personal and professional speech, then you're probably going to work with me one on one. So the first step is just to have a conversation with me and the link is there. So thank you so much. You will be getting a replay of this and your bonus for being here with me today. We'll see you next time. Abdullah, yes, you can rewatch this. Uh, you will immediately get a link with a replay to this webinar. Okay.